If God is in control and already knows the future, then why pray? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian Dombozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. Man, this is a question. If God, if he knows everything, he's in control, why pray? Many of us want to answer. If we're honest, we want to answer, good, maybe I don't have to pray then. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of people, I think that's a fair fair statement. This um, Prayer yeah. is, let's just say this up front, and I think we're going to come back to this later. Prayer is perhaps the most challenging discipline for the vast number of Christians. I have, I think so. I can, I think I can count literally on one hand the number of believers I've met who really, really are people of prayer. I think that that is fair. Um, I don't know that many. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and and I certainly don't count myself. No, I was gonna um, say, this is a weak, This is an area of weakness in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I pray. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I pray. Um, but do I pray? You know, I hate I hate the word enough. So I'm trying yeah, not to yeah. use the word enough. But um, do I pray consistently? Do I pray with the right spirit, with the right yeah. attitude, with the right understanding of yeah. what prayer does? And Probably for, not. For me to be vulnerable, I, I not only do I not pray consistently enough, mm-hmm. I don't pray earnestly enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, to be totally honest, mm-hmm. it, it's hard for me to really engage not only in the quantity, but the quality that prayer should have in my life. And that's the thing. You, I think you just kind of were, were hinting around this, Aaron. You don't want to say enough because we don't want to make it kind of a legalistic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we look at Scripture and it's clear that we've been we have been commanded to pray. It, it's an instruction. It's an imperative. Uh, pray without ceasing. Uh Jesus, he constructs, instructs us to pray. He invites us to pray if you want to be a little bit more positive. And it's something we should be doing frequently, and it's something we should be doing earnestly. And I just kind of – I fall short in both of those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not, fortunately, we're not alone. But no. also fortunately, as we're going to see in this doctrine, um, that one of those who does not leave us alone in that is God himself. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's do that. Let's look at the doctrine. As, as always, we kind of read that up front, and let's unpack it, and um, – and let's, let's hope, and my hope is that this is an encouraging time that, again, I think most of the listeners are like us. They're like, oh, prayer, oh, I already, the guilt is already starting to well up in my chest and heart. Um, you know, I really hope that by the end of our episode here that, that we're encouraged. Um, here is our our explanation of prayer and providence. And as always, there is a video that you can watch on gospelproject.com slash 99 dash essentials that uh, unpacks this a little bit as well. Um, and it's a nice, fun, shareable item for, for you. So uh, prayer and providence, as we understand it, the Bible teaches that although God has a plan for this world that he promises to fulfill, prayer is often the means God's, God uses to accomplish his divine purpose. Even though God knows the end result, the means that lead to that end result will be accomplished through prayer. This, In this sense, it's true that prayer changes things. And it's also true that God uses prayer to change our hearts so that our will comes into conformity with his. All right. So that's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, boil that down. 
So real simple, in a nutshell, um, this doctrine is really about the relationship between prayer and God's God's power or God's sovereignty mm-hmm. and his providence. Um, it describes one of the key ways that God's, God works in the world, which is through his people and specifically through their prayers. prayers. And I think the, the, the word that is repeated twice in that doctrine, the means – Yes, that's the important distinction. I think we often confuse yeah. this. We, 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 you know, God is sovereign, yes, but the means by which He accomplishes His will involves us quite often. Yes, and this is where we can't get confused. This is what this essential doctrine is all about. We yeah. can't just simply say, "Well, since God is sovereign and He works providentially, no matter what, I don't have to do anything." Right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really helpful to remember, and we'll and we'll hit on this again without question in this episode. But um, it is really helpful for us to remember that God establishes both the ends and the means to meet that end. And yes. So because of that, um, we we cannot assume that prayer is insignificant or that our choices and our actions are insignificant. Yeah, it's not. We're not just um, mindlessly, aimlessly talking in prayer. It it accomplishes something. Yes. And I I think that's the big takeaway, even if this doctrine is relatively confusing, and it is. Yes. It's another one with tension. It's a challenge. We have to retreat in these times to what is clear. What is clear is God is in control, and what is clear is God has instructed us to pray, pray, and prayer works. Yes. All right. So that's where we live. Yeah. And so where do we see this in Scripture? Well, let's look at a few places. One that I can think of that kind of intimates this is John 4, 2, and 3. I mean, James 4, 2 and 3. And in this, we see that James says, you desire and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. And here it comes. You do not have because you do not ask. Presumably, you know, we're talking God is the the greater issue here. You ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend it on your pleasure. So James here says, look, not asking, not praying, not talking to God impacts what you do not have. And even he says there are times where you might ask, but you do it with the wrong motives. Mm-hmm. So even that matters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and it's really important, too, when we when we just look at a passage like James 4, 2 and 3 that you just read, that we not we don't hear what it doesn't say. So it can be very easy to just take, you do not have because you do not ask wildly out of context and just say, and we're going to get to this again a little bit later, but I have to deal with it now because we're here um, and treat it like God is a vending machine. Yes. And so to say, God's going to give you whatever you want as long as you pray, as long as you ask for it. And it's like, that is not what it's saying. No, you got to pray. You got to do it with your eyes squeezed really tight. Mm-hmm. And you got to use the exact right words and you will automatically get whatever right. you Right. Which is why it says you ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. Exactly. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about this a little bit. Where, where else do we see this? Right. Doctrine? So, we see it in Mark, uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 28 and 29. And uh, it says that after Jesus had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? So, for context, um, they were trying to cast out a demon and they were failing miserably. They had done it before, but this, this one just would not come out. And it was, um, if I remember correctly, it was in a, actually in a little boy, wasn't it? Um, that, uh, was being harmed by it. And so Jesus comes along and he's Most little boys have a demon in them, I would think. Well, you know, as the father of two, I, mean. <laughs> I only have one, so I couldn't tell you. 
But, but anyway. Uh, anyway, um, but Jesus comes along and he sees this commotion and people are like, your, your fault, your disciples are trying to cast out this demon. And, uh, and so Jesus says, get out. Um, this is my paraphrase. And, uh, and the demon does. <laughs> and, uh, so they ask him this and they say, well, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus, Jesus tells them this kind, um, can come out by nothing but prayer. Now it's it's funny because Jesus doesn't you don't see Jesus praying in this, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah and it's also this is really odd. I mean, so okay, there are yeah. different kind of demons. Some can come out other ways. And, uh, yeah, but there's a whole yeah. But what matters here is yeah. what he prayer is effective. Yes, absolutely. It's pray and God. Yeah. pray. Ask God to do it. Yeah, let me look at another yeah. passage that is often taken out of context. Second mm. Chronicles seven twelve through fourteen. We often hear this either quoted from a different translation or paraphrase, something along the lines of if my people humble themselves and and pray and so forth. Um, and we use that as a, um, a mantra for talking about our the nation we live in. That's where it's used wrongly. Uh, this is not a promise extended to different nations of the world. This is something that God was telling his people, the nation of mm-hmm. Israel. Yeah. But this, the full text, again, just to read it, then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. So there we see prayers working mm-hmm. immediately. And I've chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. If I shut the sky so there's no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then... I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So the if-then is really as instructive, which prayer is part of the if. It's part of the condition. If my people do a few things, including pray, then I will act. And so we see prayer is effective. But I think really when we think about this doctrine, the, the, the two places I see it most clearly in Scripture, even those three passages I think are, are pretty clear, mm-hmm. the two places I see it even more clear is through Jesus. Um, he told parables of prayer, including Luke 11 and Luke 18. Luke 11, he talks about the friend at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's asleep. Here's a knock on the door. It's a neighbor, a friend who says, hey, I got a guest coming to town. Need to feed him. Will you get up and and, and give me some bread? And and the, the man says, no, I mean, I'm asleep. My family's asleep. I, I don't. And and the man continues. And finally, the, the, the man relents and gives bread. Yeah. The, the point here is that it's perseverance, it's persistence. And Jesus is making a contrast here that God the Father is not like the man in that house. He's not reluctant to do for us. He's eager. There's a, there's a contrast that he establishes. Likewise, in Luke, Luke 18, we hear Jesus tell the parable of the persistent widow. Yes. That here is this widow who went to the unrighteous judge and continued and continued. And finally, he relented. He got tired of her and gave her what she wanted. Again, it's another contrast. Mm -hmm. Jesus saying, God the Father is not an unrighteous judge. He's a good, loving, righteous judge and father. And therefore, he will respond. But what's important there is not only do we see that prayer works, but it's persistence. Yes. And a lack of persistence would mean that prayer would not be work from our perspective. Yeah, it would not. It would not be, be effective. effective. Yeah. Um, and finally, we also see Jesus' own example of prayer. And yeah. this is one of the things that we see consistently in Jesus' ministry is that he often retreats to be alone and to pray and be with the Father. Which if prayer and doesn't so, do anything, then why, why would he do yeah. it? 
Um, and so that's one of the things he, he does that intentionally and it's recorded in the gospels for our benefit to say Jesus in his humanity needed to go and pray. Yeah. He needed to do that. And then when you read the prayer, when you read the accounts of the prayers that he offers, um, and that his instructions on prayer as well, that, um, he's very clear on how on really on the disposition of how we pray that it's um that it's lo- that it's looking not so much uh toward god trying like trying to get god to do what we want him to do but to say god conform me to yeah. your will and your desires and we see this with him with himself most perfectly in the garden when he is um when he is worried he is afraid he is about to be arrested and die and he knows what's going to happen um and he's and he says if there is any other way for this to happen let this cup pass from me this the cup being this metaphor for the wrath of god that's about to be poured out on him um this cup that he has said that he is to drink um in full measure um and um and so he does this and he says he prays these things and he and he asks, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Yep. And so he says, I don't want to do this. If there's a way that we cannot do this, please, let's do that. But if this is the way it has to be, then let's do it and help me do it. Which is also it's a it's this great model of of how we need to pray to be in align with God's will and not the other way around. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's where we really see the beauty of, of this doctrine come to bear yeah. in our minds and hearts. When we understand prayer is not getting God onto our page, it's getting him helping us get on his page. Yeah. That's where we see how this makes a difference. Yeah. And that really leads into our, our cautions with understanding yeah. this doctrine. Yeah. And that's kind of the first one is that our prayer isn't about changing God's will. Um, and so there is a tension that's there. I mean, as you mentioned, really, it's like what happens in prayer is so much about us, our will being conformed to God's will, less so less so than um, than us trying to get what we want out of God. Yeah. And um, and this is why I think it's really helpful. Uh, there was a book that came out a number of years ago that um, made the comment that uh, praying, um, you know, if it's your will or saying something like that, that that's a cop out. Um, that's heresy. Yeah. Just let's just call saying it what it's it a is. cop out. Let's, yeah. Let's be clear. Accusing accusing people of saying if it's your will of not praying boldly not um you know not being confident in prayer not trusting god enough whatever that's a lie from satan yes um and that i just ha- i can't say it any more clearly yeah, than that and even if you don't use those words necessarily that's what the posture of your heart ought to be that's why yeah. james talks about you pray with the wrong motives yeah. and it's elsewhere as, as yes. well in scripture but that's the thing is is man i can use the right words and that's my warning mm-hmm. prayer is not a magical incantation let me turn it around um, that we can't think, all right, we found this secret code. If we only use the right words or, and again, half joking, half seriously, we close our eyes enough if we kneel or whatever. Right. If we just pray, if we say what we want and add in Jesus' name, 
Yeah, that's we're going to get whatever we yeah. want. That is not what prayer is. It's not a magical, magical incantation. It's the heart behind the prayer that drives it. This is why we read in Romans that the Spirit has to intercede for us. He has to translate for us on time in times, yeah. uh, because we may come with believing something is good. We may say, "God, end this suffering in my life," and we might think, "Man, there's a there's a good reason for this." Uh, my heart seems to be sincere, and God says, "No, no, that's not what you need. You yeah. need to continue suffering." And what what seems to happen here is that we have an intercessor who steps in and says, "No, wait a minute." Here's really what the prayer needs to be. Yeah. So I think what we have to understand is when it comes to prayer, the cautions, we want to stay away from either of those spectrum, those poles. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And when we think about what difference this doctrine should make, I think, um, I mean, we've... We've hit on all the things that we're gonna we're gonna say um, periodically, but let's just let's just emphasize them one one more time. So the first thing that that for how this should make a difference is that it gives us all reason to pray. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about this. The question that we that we started with was if God is in control and knows everything, why pray? That's your answer. If God is in control. And he knows everything. We should pray because he is in control and knows everything. So why not ask the one who is in control and knows everything to intervene? It doesn't matter if I can't explain how this works theologically. Yeah. What matters is, again, we know what you just said is true. Yeah. I think another way this should make a difference is it should give us a peace of mind that God is sovereign. So our lack of prayers, as we both confess, I'm sure most people listen, yeah. um, or our erroneous prayers yeah. will not mess things up. Yeah. You know, I th- we're both parents. We're both fathers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about praying for the salvation of my kids. I think about praying for their well-being, mm-hmm. uh, their growth and so forth, praying for their future spouses, praying for the situation they're going through right now. All three of my kids, I'm sure every kid, they, they different things right now they're dealing with. Yep. And so as parents, my wife, Tara, and I, we, we pray for them. Um, and so to think if it were all up to me, if I had to pray the right way or the right amount of times, man, that would just – imagine how – challenging yeah. that would be that i would never be able to sleep in worrying have i have i messed it up have i yeah did i pray the wrong thing did i not pray enough did, do i need one more time but this gives me peace to know mm-hmm. no god is sovereign yes i need to be praying mm-hmm. but god is sovereign he's in control and i can have peace that yeah. i won't mess things up i can trust in him and his goodness yeah absolutely and um and finally just re-emphasizing that prayer is a weakness for many if not most believers um, and so when we think about the difference that this doctrine should make, it's it should just remind us that, honestly, we just need to pray. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's as simple as that. Um, we can argue all day long about um, means and methods and um, postures and all of these other kinds of things. But at the end of the day, the point is, is clear. God wants us to pray. Yep. So let's pray. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's wrap it up right there then. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.